This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of podcast downloads. So once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest of today? Well, my guest is returning guest, best-selling author, international speaker, business coach, Jane Bloffus, author of the third edition of the best-selling book, With the Stroke of a Pen, Claim Your Life. Jane's book and comprehensive planning binder have become acclaimed as two of the most actionable, personal, and financial planning resources available today for families, individuals, and business owners alike. Jane is an international keynote speaker and a frequent guest expert on national TV radio podcasts. She brings her extensive years of expertise in marketing sales, executive leadership, and business development to the table, and today is the founder of the Block Office Group Incorporated based in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and coaches with clients across Canada and the United States. Jane's husband closed down his successful business in order to take over the backroom operations of her company to allow her to be the sale sales and marketing face of the company. Under his guidance, they have now opened a video production, branding, and marketing arm of their company that benefits Jane's efforts and those of her business owner coaching clients. The title of this business card is BP of Everything Else, and it is a wonderful icebreaker that gets a chuckle, especially from the ladies. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you, Jane? I'm good, Lisa. Thank you. How are you? I'm sitting here chuckling. Every time I hear his title, I just crack up. <laughs> I think it's genius. It's brilliant. Well, so, he came up with it. Well, there you go. Hence him being brilliant. And uh, so listen, Jane, it's such an honor and it's such a privilege to have you back here on the airwaves, joining myself and the Global Loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers once again. And it was important to have you brought back on the show because since our initial interview, I don't even know how long ago it was now, but it was at least a year, year and a half ago. I know much momentum, growth and development has taken off for you, both personally and professionally. And this is what I want to dive into uh, with the show to highlight and to emphasize and to underscore 
what it is that's going on outside of what I just highlighted in the bio and give you an opportunity to extrapolate upon that for the benefit of the listening audience. So what has been going on? Let's talk about the third edition of the book. Let's talk about how you've, you know, extended the branding of your company, what that includes and what the ideal client for you would be. Wow. Thank you. Um, <laughs> whoa. Okay. We're, so I'll start with the third edition. You know, I I wanted to sort of give the book a bit of a refresh. I wanted to change the cover. We went seeking a new design for the front of the cover, not to move totally away because, of course, the pen is sort of the signature piece of the cover of the book. But I wanted to, I had this this notion that I needed to sort of add another chapter to the book. I don't know why, but I kept thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to let people know where we are today because I wrote the book and I, I launched it in December of 2011, almost eight years ago. Wow. Oh, wow. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's now in its third edition. And I thought, OK, but I couldn't, Lisa, and, and you're an author. So you're, you know, where I'm coming from with this. I couldn't make it. I couldn't find the proper segue to go from the last chapter to a new chapter because I thought, no, there's just been too much of a break in here. So I was talking with a very wise woman who is a very good friend of mine, my accountability partner, my partner in crime. And she says, well, why don't you just write a new afterward and tell people where you are today? And so did my publicists say the same thing. And I said, well, nobody wants to know about that. And they went, are you nuts? Like people want to know what's happened because yes. you actually and it, it, they said it's sort of inspirational for people who are going through a bad time to look at somebody else who's gone through hell and has mm -hmm. come out the other side upright still standing laughing loving learning to live again and so I thought oh okay now that makes sense that I can do so I brought my readers and everybody up to date on where this journey has taken me, which now is around the world speaking and, you know, meeting people and doing the, the work I never dreamed that I would possibly ever do because it, you know, when I was a little kid, if someone said to me, Oh, someday you'll be an author. I'd say, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know, like, what are you smoking? Like I have, I, I had a fashion management degree. Mm -hmm. That to me was a natural segue into the life insurance business and to where I am today. Doesn't that make sense to you? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay. And the response that I have received from people has been overwhelming. And I'm just like, okay, all right. You know, it, it, it you know this, Lisa, I never yes. wrote this book. I never wrote this book to either make money or be fa not famous or to be recognized or whatever. Just did it because I wanted to help one family never to go through what we went through. And here I am speaking to you, an international podcaster who you know has a reach around the world. And I'm just like, some days I just pinch myself and go, okay, I'll wake up soon. Well, Jane, one, I want to commend you and congratulate you once again. I mean, you're just a total spitfire and you're really, really making a ripple effect around the world yourself with what it is that you're doing. And it's very important what it is that you do do uh, because you're the, the walking, breathing testament for once upon a time, what catapulted you into the direction of this now becoming the tapestry of your life. And so I know we touched upon that in the initial interview, but if we want to refresh the minds very quickly of the listeners before we delve into other aspects of the interview for updates, do you want to just give a little bit of the backstory? 
Yeah, actually, that might not be a bad idea. So without boring everybody to death, I'll give the uh, the 35,000-foot version. <laughs> so I, I joined the life insurance industry to try it out for one year to leave 27 years later, never figuring out what year that was supposed to be. And 16 years into my career, having been a financial advisor, educated, designation, you know, a whole bunch of experience and knowledge and whatever, um, my 39-year-old husband went out the door on a Sunday morning, kissed my daughter, my 12-and-a-half-year-old daughter and I goodbye. And that afternoon, a police officer walked up my driveway and in less than 60 seconds shattered my life and told me he'd been killed that morning in an accident. So everything I knew to be true was no longer true and my life turned on its head. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was prepared, but I found out there were a lot of things I wasn't prepared for. So Fast forward, happily remarried to the VP of everything else, <laughs> who is who was actually married to my girlfriend, whom we lost to cancer. She was diagnosed with it in September, and she was gone the following June. So, you know, eventually one day I was sitting at my desk, and I'd had this idea for a book rattling around in my head, but I didn't want to just write a book because, you know, people meant, I know people mean well when they said, you know, sorry for your loss, but they'd sort of pat me on the arm walking away, think, oh, never happened to me, might happen to you, not to me. So I thought, mm, no, I got to I got to shake this up a little bit. So I wanted to put a call to action in place. So spent two years doing research with lawyers, accountants, funeral arrangement specialists, you know, uh, other financial advisors. And at the back of the book, put a 33 page master checklist in to help people to get courageous conversations started. So we came together as a family, shared our story in hopes of helping one other. And hello, I'm sitting here talking to the one and only fabulous Lisa McDonald. <laughs> well, that's quite a story, quite a story, because you and I both know, I mean, everybody has their own unique circumstances for having once upon a time or even currently as people are, are tuning in and listening for sitting in the abyss. And there's always one of two choices. We can sink, we can swim, we can subscribe to victimology, or we can do something to empower ourselves. Thereby, by empowering ourselves, we give other people the front row view of, of how that too can become possible for them. And when people talk about, you know, their purpose, one thing that I do not subscribe to, I do not think that purpose is birthed out of passion. I think that the people who are the most successful, it's because they've very clearly identified that their purpose was uh, established out of desperation and mm -hmm. pain, right? And they made that work for them. And by making that work for them, then it became the triple down effect of how else this can help other people. Because death, death is inevitable. And so if you don't have all your ducks in a row, that just compounds the grieving process for people who are left behind who really shouldn't have to and don't want to be thwarted into a position of having to take care of things when they're their most emotionally fragile and their most emotionally vulnerable, correct? Yes, exactly. And I, you know that my mantra is we have an obligation to ourselves and to those we love to leave this world in an organized manner. You cannot, you cannot saddle the ones you love with a, a legacy of chaos. Like right. that's not living. That's that's a legacy of chaos, not a legacy of love. And you know, as I always say to people, we all have an expiration date. I just mm -hmm. choose not to know what mine is, so I don't go searching for it. When it comes, <laughs> it comes. You know, as I always say to people, nobody's getting out of here alive. Like we're all yes. going. Out. I just choose that I'm hoping that, you know, it's in a pink Cadillac with a martini and I'm singing <laughs> at the top of my lungs or something. I don't know. But it's in it is inevitable. 
So let's let's face it head on. Let's have a conversation about it while we can. And as you said, you know, not trying to deal with it when you're at your most vulnerable, your lowest, your whatever. That's right. Well, and going back to the death and it being, you know, inevitable, it's the one thing people will not be able to find on Google. <laughs> so let's be, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you can find symptoms and all kinds of things, a whole host of things for a lot of things. And it's a great search engine. But let's face it, even Google doesn't know when we're going to die. So let's get with the program. Let's get proactive. Let's get progressive. And let's get on top of, uh, you know, the harsh reality of what we have to take care of if we're assuming ownership and responsibility for our lives and for our loved ones. So, you know, we had talked behind the scenes, Jane. And for everybody who follows me, which I'm very grateful for, they know that my style to interviewing, it's very unscripted, it's organic. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. Um, but in tying back what it is you do specifically with what it is I do specifically as it relates to living fearlessly, let's talk about what people potentially have to lose or gain by stepping into talking about the difficult subject matters and getting their business in and and um, matters in order. So let's talk about what what stands to happen for people if they don't take proactive action. That's a really good question. And here's just a couple of things to think about. I don't know about you, Lisa, but by the time I die, I think I will have paid the CRA my fair share of taxes. Yeah. And I don't think I need to give them any more anything more than they are legally obligated to receive. Mm -hmm. So having said that, if you die in chaos, like I'll give you an example, you die without a will, there's no instructions, your tax returns haven't been filed for seven years, etc. You're leaving a hornet's nest and you're also leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is, is if you don't have a properly drafted will written up by a lawyer, mm -hmm. not a will that you download free off the Internet or not a twenty nine ninety nine will kit. You know, a good <laughs> friend, a good friend of mine's a, a litigation lawyer, and she said the largest case she has ever defended was because of somebody completing their will on a $29.99 will kit that they just picked up at the store and it was it decimated the estate. And this was a very wealthy individual because it had not been um, you know, set out properly. So I know some people sometimes go, oh, you know, I don't want to pay these people. It's a ripoff, you know, they charge too much. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They're all worth their weight in gold when rubber hits the road. That's right. So the other thing, too, is I don't know about you. I know you've got those two little munchkins that you adore, and I've got one that I, she's not a munchkin anymore, but I adore her. I want to make sure that my children get what is is supposed to be going to them, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that I do it in an organized manner and reduce as much of the paperwork or whatever for them as possible. And, you know, in my case, as you know, you said at the top of the, the hour, I'm a business owner, which mm -hmm. necessitates also not only having a personal will, but a business will, mm -hmm. because they're not one in the same. And what about powers of attorney? You know, you need somebody to speak on your behalf if you're not if you're not capable to make capable to make medical decisions 
-hmm. or financial decisions. We've just gone through this with my first husband's parents passing away within six months of each other. And my two brother-in-laws, one was POA for medical, one was POA for financial. And they were always calling me up going, well, what do I do now? Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does this mean? So, you know, the last thing you need when you're trying to grieve mm -hmm. or you know, you know, Lisa, I couldn't even pick a vegetable for three months after I got the shock of my life that he'd been killed. So there I can't pick vegetables and I'm supposed to make major financial decisions. I don't think so. <laughs> no kidding. Well put. Well put. And that is the reality of it because you go into numbness. So you, you know, you go so inside yourself and you unravel in many cases. And yes, we all experience grief very differently. But for somebody who's kind of in the, the threshold of having to make very timely, sensitively timed decisions, but you don't even know how to get out of bed in the morning. And that's if you're a single person, let alone if you're responsible for children and a whole host of other people. And as you cited, it's not just personal, it's also professional. So what are you going to do in the case of your client roster? What are you going to do with your yep. peers and colleagues and everybody else who's dependent upon you and, and things have to still run bickety boo in order to garner ongoing income or whatever the case may be, or turning things over to somebody else. I mean, it, that's a difficult enough transition on its own without having to be further immersed in embedded in paperwork and administrative and things that weren't tied up nicely for the person who's on the receiving end of inheriting it. Well, you know, Lisa, I still vividly remember going somewhere with my life insurance agent in tow because I was, I shouldn't be driving because I couldn't even, you know, didn't spell my name. Um, and we were somewhere and, and I was asked to write a check for something. And um, I pulled out my checkbook and I sat there and I looked at the check and I went, I don't even know what day it is. And I can't string five words together to write out the amount. I And I just sat there looking at the book. And my life insurance advisor knew what I, he'd been close enough to me, knew what I was going through. He says, okay, just give me the checkbook. So he slid it over in front of himself. He filled it out and he slid it back to me. He goes, okay, Jane, sign here. And I trusted this man implicitly. So whatever he told me to do, I did. But mm -hmm. there I was. You know, on the outside, I looked to the world at large like I was doing fine because I had put the superwoman cape on and I mm -hmm. had tied it so tight it was strangling me. To the world at large, I looked like I had, you know, all my, my I don't want to swear, so all my you-know-what in a, together. Shit. Yeah, thank you. And it's your show, you can say it. Yes, <laughs> and you do. But, but I did. I looked like I had it all together and behind that cape, I was dying. I was absolutely dying. I was the biggest fraud in my mind. I was just a, a fraud. I was, you know, I was not coping. I couldn't sleep at night, but I went back to work six weeks afterwards and people go, why are you going back to work? They're paying you to stay home. I said, what am I supposed to do? Watch the paint dry? Mm -hmm. And I said, and I've got a child that has to get up and start school in September because this happened in July. I said, I'll be one heck of a role model going, okay, sweetie, you go get them. You go to school. Mommy's going back to bed in the dark under the covers, and I'll see you at 4 o'clock. No, mm -hmm. I had to get up and be a role model to get my child through it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, kudos to you uh, and job well done because I, I can't appreciate what that circumstance for you 
and that experience must have been like for you. I mean, yeah, turning things on your head and your whole reality as you knew it within a blink of an eye completely vanishes. And then you've got to like recalibrate. You've got to go through the reinvention process. And then you've got to start learning how to put one foot in front of the other with a new found set of understanding for what your reality now looks like. So not only did you recover from that um, and maneuver and navigate quite beautifully, but now you've done, you've turned your pain and you've turned your hardship into something very beautiful, but also very very pivotal and very paramount for the benefit of the collective, because this is something that's going to touch us all if it hasn't already on some level. Um, and, you know, if there's a lot of people who are counting on you and you're kind of at the helm of being responsible for decision making in general, because people see that you're integral, people see that you're reliable. Um, if this is something that also adds to that plate, then, you know, you just you got to figure out how you're going to make things work for the benefit of all the people you claim to love uh, and care about. So good job on you, Jane. And um, let's talk a little bit about how your story and how that morphed into your third edition of your book and now what you've now added on to with your business and your branding and your marketing, what this has done for people, like feel free to give us some testimonials or testaments to how this has really transformed other people's lives or their healing process as a result of the pain that they've been sitting in, but they, they but because of your services, they've now been equipped to handle it. Well, you know that I've been coined as a catalyst for courageous conversations. Yeah. Because these are talking about illness, death, you know, all of this sort of stuff. It's it's a courageous conversation and it starts with you first. You've got to have it, the conversation with yourself first. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got to you've got to engage your family. And most of the time they don't want to talk about it. And then you've got to engage with the appropriate professionals. So to answer your question, um, I've had I've literally held young women and men in my arms who have been crying with the fact that they've tried to talk to their parents about do they have a will where is everything I'm responsible for cleaning this up if something happens to you but I don't know where anything is what are your wishes what do you want I have a young woman I'll never forget this story she heard me speak um, way back at the first edition of the book she bought the book and she came back to me a few months later and she said, I read your book and then I went to see my Nona and her Nona was 92 years old. And she sat down with her and she said, Nona, we have to have a conversation. And she said, Natasha, like, and this was literally, this is who this is, Natasha. She said, what, what is it, sweetheart? And she says, Nona, we have to have a conversation because nobody knows what you want when something happens and it's time for you to go. And I've decided that it's important that we find out what that is. So long story short, they had a two hour um, conversation. She said, we laughed, we cried, we got the address book out and tried to figure out who should come to her funeral. She goes, no, they're dead. Or uh, no, they haven't talked to me in 20 years. So to heck with them, they don't need to come to the funeral. But, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but at the end of the two hours, she said her grandmother turned to her with tears in her eyes. And she said, God bless you, my child, because now you have given me a gift. And she said, what do you mean, Nona? She says, you have given me the gift of total peace because I now know when I go, my wishes will be respected. Beautiful. So that was like pretty powerful. But yes. I also I've had people who've said to me, you know, we've been my husband and I have been fighting for two years over trying to decide on a legal guardian for our kids. And after reading your book and having a conversation in two weeks, we figured it out. Plus, it wasn't 
the people we thought it was going to be. And now we're going to the lawyer to drop a will. So thank you for the kick in the pants. You're exactly what we needed. Brilliant. So so it's it's like that's I go back to I didn't want to just write the story. I wanted a call to action. But the people people don't talk about this, Lisa. And you and I had a very good conversation about this offline. Mm-hmm. is we know that this is a fearful subject. So what yes. do most people do when they're fearful of something? They just figure if they bury their head in the sand, it will go away. Well, mm-hmm. as we said before, you know, there's two things in life that are certain, death and taxes. And if they don't tax you to death before you go, they'll get you after back to my CRA <laughs> comment. So it's about having those conversations while you can. And I've got to throw a funny story in here because... The reason I want people to be able to talk about this when they're calm, collected, and it's not at the 11th hour or somebody's just, you know, been in an accident or been deemed terminally ill or whatever. So here's a funny story. When my husband died, I planned my own internment because I'm, I have one child, so I didn't want her to have to go through it. So there's this lovely, pristine resting place waiting for me in a mausoleum in Winnipeg on the upper row. <laughs> facing the sun and his name is all etched in on the left side with date of birth, date of death. And it's all pristine waiting for me on the right side. Well, fast forward. Oh my God, I got remarried. Right. (laughs) I didn't factor that that in when I was making plans. So I was like, Oh, okay. What do I, Oh dear. What do I do now? So I had a courageous conversation with myself first as to what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Then I spoke to Michael, my husband And I said, this is what I would like. And he goes, that makes sense to me. And then we called the family meeting. My daughter was probably 21 at the time. And she goes, okay, she's used to family meetings. She grew up at the knee of a financial advisor. (laughs) So she says, okay, mom, what's up now? And I said, well, you know, I planned my internment. Yes. And you know, blah, blah. She goes, yes. I said, well, there's a bit of a problem. I didn't think I would ever get remarried. So now your stepdad's in the picture. She Mm -hmm. goes, okay. I said, well, I've made a decision. She goes, uh, okay. And she's looking at me with that, you know, the head cocked to one side, like, mm, hit me with it, Hannah. Like, where are we going with this? And she, so I looked at her. I said, okay, I've made a decision. I want to go 50-50. And there's dead silence. <laughs> and she just looks at me. And I know, I know the wheels are turning. So I kept quiet. And she looks at me and she goes, well, you know, mommy, that makes sense. You've loved two men. But I just I just have one question for you. I can't tell this story without cracking up. She says, I just have one question. I said, what's that? She goes, um, how do we decide which half goes with whom? <laughs> so, so I said to her, I said, well, you know I want to be cremated, right? She goes, uh, yeah. I said, well, just shake me up and divvy me down the middle. Of My husband's standing there and he goes, great. I'll get the half that talks. <laughs> Oh, that is priceless. But that is priceless. You can't have that conversation when you're in the, the throes of it. So so I try to I'm trying to bring a little bit of levity to this subject because you know it, it, it's a hard subject to begin with. So let's talk about it while we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to give you an opportunity a couple times throughout the duration of this interview, Jane. First of all, where can people purchase your book? Where can people reach out to you for an initial consult, find out if they're a good synergistic fit in terms of becoming a client on your roster base? Uh, So where can people reach out to you, including URLs, uh, social media, if you have a preferable platform? 
I knew you were going to ask me that. And of course, what are, am I as totally prepared as I should be? No. Okay. Bloff, <laughs> uh, okay. Website. Jane Bloffus. B-L-A-U-F-U-S dot mm-hmm. com. And just wanted to throw one thing in here. There's also a companion, a companion planning binder that goes with the book, Lisa. Correct. Because my... My readers came back and said, I love your checklist. I love all you, but you keep telling me to get all this crap organized where I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. What do I do? So hence was born the companion planning binder that goes with it. And it's in a Canadian and a U.S. version right now. So you can head on over to janebloffis.com onto the shop page. And there is a, there's a, a preview of the first of the chapters, a couple of chapters of the book. There's the table of contents on there. And I'd love to offer your faithful, loyal listeners a special um, offer today that if they would like to order the book and the binder, please use promo code, the number three, and a capital E for third edition. And then I will know that they are loyal listeners of yours Mm-hmm. And that they can, um, you know, they can take advantage of it. So hang on one sec, because I've got what I need right here. Okay. And then I can give you the proper stuff. So please also join me on Twitter at Jane Bloffus, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash J-E Bloffus, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash the Bloffus group. And join me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Jane Bloffus. And I absolutely love connecting with people. That That's what sort of makes my day. I'm a relationship-based person. Yes, you are. I like to, I like to get to know people. Um, and that's why I've had, it's so funny. I was on television one morning and I was talking about the binder in the book and I came back to the office and the phone rang in the afternoon and I answered the phone and this lady says, "Um, hello, um, I saw this lady on TV this morning with this book and I would like to inquire about ordering it. I said, oh, that's me. She goes, "Uh, uh, 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 uh." I said, are you you okay, ma'am? And she goes, I can't, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And I went, pardon me? And she goes, I can't can't believe you answered the phone. I said, well, I answered the phone a lot. (laughs) She goes, but but you're an author and you were on TV. I said, yeah, but I put my pantyhose on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. So That's that's just me. And we had the best conversation. And she said, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that you just spent that time with me. I said, well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can attest to that. You've got a great bedside manner because you took me out for breakfast like (laughs) eons ago. And, you know, we it was just nonstop talking and listening and sharing. And I think there might have even been a few tears, if I'm not mistaken. And we are long overdue for breakfast number two because it's my treat to buy this time. And I just want to say, Jane, you really are that way inclined. You know, oftentimes people rely on Messenger across all social media platforms or it's just the back and forth via email. But no, when you have an opportunity, particularly if you're geographically uh, located in proximity to whoever it is that wants to connect with you, you do things like take them out for lunch. You do hop on the phone. And I'm very much that way, too, because then you get a real true essence of who it is that you're speaking with, because there's things that you can't glean in any other form of, of, 
contact, you know, like nuance and, and you're very intuitive when it comes to people. So you can, you can hear and sense when people are a little bit reticent, they want to ask you something, but perhaps they're, you know, a little fearful of, of coming across as too vulnerable. You have a way of putting people at ease and, and allowing them to comfortably ask the tough questions. So, um, for the listening audience, Jane is that way. So I highly encourage you to reach out to her. Truly. I do. You know, it was funny that you said about having breakfast. I was thinking about it. I was out walking the dog one day and I was thinking, this is too funny. She's around the world. She's in 145 countries. And we found out we live 20 minutes apart when we finally connected. I just about fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. And do you remember when we went to the restaurant? I said, we better go before we either have to order lunch or they're going to kick us out of here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, you know, it's been a bit of a, it's, it, you know, it's a bit embarrassing to admit on one hand that we live so close. I mean, yes, it, it's, it's brilliant and it's amazing. And it, it's nice to know that you're basically in my backyard, but the embarrassing part of it is because you're only 20 minutes away, it's been so long and too long since we've reconnected because our businesses keep us in some cases miles apart with our busyness. So Yes, we're going to change that and we're going to make a date to get back together and have lunch and catch up in person because I really enjoy your company and you're a wealth of information and knowledge and uh, I really do derive a lot of inspiration and uh, encouragement from you, Jane. You really are a spitfire. Oh, you're such a sweetie. You know, you can always come on the road with me. As you know, I travel extensively speaking and all of that. So maybe I'll just put you in my luggage one day and you go with me. You can, well, you, can, you can work from anywhere. <laughs> yes, I can. And you know what? That would be so welcomed by me, particularly if the kids are with their dad. It's like, just, you know what? Put on my seatbelt, strap me in, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I maximize what time we have left here. So I want to talk about your thriving business coaching practice. I want to talk to you about the speaking circuit who the demographic is, um, because I, you know, and I, I think it would be everybody because we're all going to die. So, I mean, we all have that in common, which means there isn't anybody that's off the table for being part and parcel of this conversation, I would think. Well, it's interesting that you said that because, um, you know, you talk about what's your, what's your market, what's your target market, where's your niche, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to somebody who's on my advisory board and he says, you know, he says, you're, the world is your, your market. He says, because this is applicable to the janitor, to the CEO of the company, because we all are people first and foremost. Like, you know, when you get out of bed in the morning, you're not a title. You're mm-hmm. somebody's son, daughter, brother, sister, wife, husband, you know, you're, you're a person first and foremost. I think my next book should be, I, I'm, you are not your title or something. I don't know. But anyway, love that. Um, but it's about the person. So to just put some clarity around it, I, my coaching focus is with small business owners and I coach a lot of sales professionals. I coach a lot of people in the financial services industry because I come from the industry, but I'm also a successful business owner. So I teach them how to be business owners. And Mm -hmm. with, with all of these people, my, my forte, my specialty is taking them from a hobbyist mentality where they're just sort of flirting with the business to actually a business owner mentality. So it's to take that mindset shift and Mm -hmm. take the change the hat from, okay, I'm dabbling, I'm 
I'm dipping my toe in this to know I'm in it, you know, wholeheartedly. Because it was interesting. I wrote, um, I made a post on on LinkedIn and the other last week because last week marked Halloween marked 11 years since I walked out of a six figure corporate job because I knew it was the right thing to do. I had nowhere wow. to go. I did not have a job to go to. I didn't know who, what was next for me, but I just knew where I was wasn't right. But you've mentioned this before, because I had all my ducks in a row, because I'd done the planning piece, which is what I try to help people with with the book. And I also coach a lot of people who are trying to transition out of corporate into becoming their own business owners, but you've got to have an exit plan. Mm -hmm. I was able to take a year off because I could, and I said, okay, who do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And that for me was was crucial. That was a crucial time in my life because my husband referred to me as a rubber ball in a box <laughs> while I was going through it because I was like squirrel, shiny object. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, no, 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 no. You got to narrow your focus. So I work with people to help them to narrow the focus, to not be that squirrel all over. It's a funny, it's funny how many of my clients have a picture of a squirrel on their phone because <laughs> I make them put it on. So every time they get, oh, I'll just check. No, there's Jane. I'm not going on Facebook. I got other things to do. It's quite, it's quite hysterical what the feedback is. But very so effective. Well, it is very effective. So, so my, my coaching clients are people that I help in, in, you know, building businesses and whatever. I don't actually coach people to do budgeting and all of that. I highly recommend they go to a financial advisor and work with somebody who is licensed, designated and whatever to do that. My speaking is two pronged. My focus is two pronged with speaking. I speak heavily into the financial services industry. I help companies to understand um, what the, I look at, I help them through the eyes of the beneficiary to understand the magnitude of the work they do and how important the work is. Because you know, Lisa, in all my years in the financial services industry, I never heard of a widower or a widower or somebody somebody who was being handed a critical illness check, a disability, a long-term care. Go, no, no, I'm I'm good, thanks. You keep it. Right. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> the only thing I ever heard anybody say, and I said it too, was I wish there'd been more zeros on the check. Yeah. So so I help companies. Because I believe that financial advisors are one of the most integral parts of anybody's planning and wealth team, along with lawyers and accountants. But um, I talk about how important it is that they build trust relationships with their clients. So I help them to understand what that means from our perspective as the the one on the receiving end. Mm -hmm. Then I also talk... I do a lot of client appreciation events for for financial advisors and for lawyers and whatever and accountants and whatever, helping them to talk to their clients about the importance of proper planning mm-hmm. and getting all of those ducks in a row. You know, it's funny. I was at the um, I'm a member of CAPS, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, and I was at the conference in Vancouver last December, and one of the sponsors brought in a cartoon, um, car- I think they're called a cartoonist, you know, the ones who do ca- oh, caricature. Caricature, yeah. They brought this guy in from Vegas, and he was phenomenal. And I proudly display this on the wall of my office. It's a picture of me on stage, 
and they have a pyramid of all these ducks. <laughs> and in each of the ducks' tummies, one says taxes and wills, and, and it's about getting your ducks in a row. So I, have, I love the visual. So that's sort of my target market when it comes to the speaking side of it. I also speak into the HR world, though, because I talk about the correlation between mental and financial well-being. Because you do not have an employee 100% on the job when they're worried about how am I going to pay the mortgage tomorrow? How am I going to find the rent money? My car payment is due. Um, You know, as I always say to people, employees don't drive into the parking lot or take the subway or like drive into the parking lot in the morning and arrive at work and lock the door and go, okay, now you, all all my financial worries, you stay locked in that car till I come out at five Uh o'clock. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. It's a black cloud that follows them around. So my my goal in life is to take the stigma out of the conversation to get people to realize that, yes, this is it's not a, like I always say to people, it's like men put a it's like an elephant in the room. Men put a pink blank. Uh, women put a pink blanket on the elephant. Men put a blue blanket. And all it does is serve to make the friggin' elephant bigger and brighter. <laughs> so I'm all about how do you eat an elephant? one right. bite at a time. So I'm trying to I'm trying to change the conversation. Well, you clearly are. I wouldn't say try. I think you've effectively already achieved that and continue to do so. Um, so I just want to say, you know, you clearly embody what it means to live fearlessly. You are living fearlessly. But I'm more interested to know what does living fearlessly mean to you, Jane? It means ha- trusting your instincts, It means realizing that you're not going to make everybody happy, Mm -hmm. that nobody, everybody's not going to love you. And thank goodness, because we wouldn't have time if they did. They'd be lined up (laughs) on the block. And you know me well enough to know that I'd want to talk to everybody. So that wouldn't be a good thing. So I have to trust that what I'm doing is the right thing. And as long as my gut checks in that I'm going in the right direction, I'm okay with it. There's always going to be somebody who looks at you and goes, you're an overnight sensation. Yeah, well, I am. I'm a 10-year overnight sensation, so get used to it. Bingo. Fearlessly means that I can get up in the morning and I can look myself in the mirror and I know that I have come from a place of ethics, morals, integrity. And, you know, there's so many things to me that I won't say yes to doing something if it's out of my control because I, and I'm not saying I'm a control freak, but it's because I have to make sure it's my reputation on the line. And if I'm going to live fearlessly, then I have to guard my own reputation and make sure that I can go out there. And if anybody challenges or says anything, I can go, okay, thank you. I appreciate your opinion, but This is the way it really is. You know, it's interesting because part of the living fearlessly is I I had to, I was challenged to tell my story in four minutes. Um, And I had to tell my story from sort of growing up to where I am today. And that's not easy to do. You know, it's not easy to do. So I had to take it and speeches, you know, 60 minute speeches and, and pull it right back. But you know what I realized, Lisa? You know what came out? as I was doing that. And it was such a revelation for me. I I realized never in my life when something has happened to me and I've had health issues, I've had all sorts of things. I've never gone, oh God, why me? 
Like, why is it always me? Why couldn't it be somebody else? I've always gone, okay, why now? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to learn from this? Absolutely. But more importantly, what am I supposed to do with it to help somebody else? Hence the reason for the book. And that to me was living fearlessly because as you know, I, I didn't hold anything back in that book. Like I ripped mm -hmm. my heart out, laid it on my sleeve to bleed. And that, if that isn't living fearlessly, every tell, every time I tell that story, it's like it was, it happened 10 seconds ago, 10 minutes ago, it was 20 years ago, mm -hmm. but it doesn't leave you. So fearlessly means Getting up in the morning, having the the belief in yourself that no matter what happens, as long as you can go forward with integrity, your morals, you know that you can, you're, I have to be a role model for my daughter, and I've decided to be a role model for other women out there. So to me, you got to live fearlessly in order to do it. Absolutely. Well, I think one thing that you've like authentically, naturally, organically honed quite beautifully for yourself is because you have a pulse on people and because you're very much in tune with your own vulnerability, you know, you've shown up. I mean, by showing up for yourself, it puts you in a position to truly be able to show up for other people and taking the life experiences that have transformed your life good, bad, indifferent, and knowing that you are relatable. People can relate to you because you talk about the uncomfortable things. You talk about the harsh realities. You do address the elephant in the room, whether it be adorned with a pink or a blue blanket, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you do. And, you know, that's what kind of breaks the ice for other people because you're speaking what other people are thinking or questioning out loud. And so for your level of expertise, your inner strength, for what it is you do in your business that would make you the expert to open up this dialogue with people. I just want to say thank you very much, Jane. You're doing very, very important work and you're doing work that really does impact all of us. Some people aren't ready to have that discussion. Uh, some people do want to continuously bury their head in the sand or some people think, oh, you know, we're going to live forever and they think it's always someone else's story or it's going to be someone else who's met with crisis at the front door bringing, you know, delivering bad news, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, you're very tuned into the pragmatic, realist uh, reality that is before all of us. And again, none of us know when it's going to be our time. We take for granted that we're going to wake up each morning and we're all going to be equally granted 24 additional hours in which to carry out our lives and fulfill our dreams and to do whatever it is that we deem to be important. But there is no such guarantee. In fact, no. you and I could end this call and one of us could be gone within an hour, if not less. There, yep. There's no guarantee. So, absolutely. So, I want to give you the opportunity once again, Jane. Where can people connect with you? JaneBlofus.com. Just drop me a note through info. And um, on all my social media, everything's on my um, website. The other thing, too, is I have a Courageous Conversations newsletter that goes out once a month. I promise once a month. I don't inundate. You're not going to get one every day. You might, occasion <laughs> you might occasionally get a special announcement from me. But it's all about helping people to build businesses, to get their lives in order, to, you know, whatever. And I just want to slip something in, Lisa. Back to that LinkedIn posting I said about leaving 11 years ago. You wouldn't believe how many people sent me direct messages and said, could I chat with you? Because I'm at the same 
point in my life. And I couldn't believe your transparency, your authenticity, your vulnerability, what you put out there, because I thought I was in this all by myself. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't like that's not why I put it out there. But I thought, wow, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other people out there like this. So we've all got to support each other. And it's not do you support women over men? Let's support everybody. Let's just lift people up. Let's be kind. And, you know, back to what you said, please stop as a a society. Could we please stop waking up in the morning and before we even come out of the fog, think about that first cup of coffee or stand up instead of going, oh, God, what a crappy day that was yesterday. I got all this shit to do today. (laughs) Why don't we just go, dear God. Thank you for letting me wake up on the right side of the dirt because the alternative is not good. Mm. And Mm. just stop there for a minute because like you said, nothing is guaranteed. There is nothing guaranteed. My 39-year-old husband, believe me, didn't walk out that door that morning think he was not coming back. He was immortal. He was going to live to, you know, be like forever. Mm. You never know when your time is up. So the only thing I want to be able to do is to, when I go, you know, when, when he went, there were over 500 people in the church at the funeral. And when I was preparing the obituary, I never once thought about it. He gave it all for the office, you know, yada, yada. It was about the man, the father, the husband, the brother, blah, blah, blah. It was about his involvement in my daughter's school, in her daughter's school, in the community, the mark he had left and whatever. That all I want is when I go, I would like people to be able to say, oh, my goodness, she paid it forward because that's what that's why I was put here. It took me until I was 55 to figure out who I was supposed to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. But I know exactly why God put me on the face of this earth. And I know what my purpose is in life. And as a result, my passion is aligned with that. And I don't deter from that. You can you can throw whatever you want at me. And I know it's the same with you, Lisa. And I think that's part of living fearlessly, that no matter how many arrows get slung at you, yeah. deflect, deflect, deflect next. And that's, Absolutely. that's where I am. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, for being cognizant of time, of course, if there was, I mean, everything that we covered here in this finite period of time, it was all paramount. It was all pivotal. It was all essential. But if there was one absolute takeaway that you would hope the listening audience and the podcast subscribers walk away with, what would that be in all of your messaging, Jane? I, oh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> I, should, I, I, never, I, I sort of knew this question was coming from our last one, but I was like, oh, where's she going to take me? <laughs> now I'm going to try and surmise this. You know what? I think it's about being kind to yourself. Um, life's short, enjoy the ride, love, live, laugh, learn. Um, I am the way I work with my clients is we start with life and we work, work into life, not the opposite way around. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I never thought about, you know, um, that was part of his eulogy and it's, it just it's it's a short ride just get on the the friggin roller coaster and enjoy it but be kind along the way be kind to yourself be kind to others and I go back to my mantra that I live by we have an obligation to ourselves and to those we love 
to live this to leave this world in an organized manner because that's the legacy of love you leave behind beautiful Beautiful. Well, I subscribe to that wholeheartedly. I truly do. And so, you know, in terms of your speaking internationally, is there anything upcoming? Because this is a global show, 145 countries. Is there anything upcoming on the calendar where people can maybe like buy a ticket to see you speak or sign up for a course or, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Thank you. Thank you for asking. But most of my speaking is private clients that have hired me and are bringing me in to speak to usually internal close. Now, I have something going on in Toronto this week where I'm the keynote speaker on Thursday. It's a conference that's open to the public. It's mostly targeted at financial advisors. So if there's anybody in the Toronto area that's listening to this, you can still get a ticket. It's with White Glove. Um, and I'm the keynote speaker kicking off on Thursday morning, the only woman speaker out of eight. Wow. Speaking. And um, I've got a whole bunch of things coming up in the U.S. in the new year and just waiting to hear. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for an opportunity to speak in Dubai next year, but haven't Woo-hoo! found out that's a go or not. I spoke, I spoke in Miami earlier this year in Austin and Houston. Uh, like, it's just... Thank goodness for an E-1 visa so you can <laughs> seamlessly cross the border and you don't have to sweat while you're going over it. But um, thanks for asking. I just, and I, and like I said, I do a lot of client appreciation events. So mm-hmm. there's an opportunity for a different way to do things. So if anybody's got any questions or wants to just chat, just reach out. You can get me through the website, janebloffice.com. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a virtual coffee together over Zoom. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Jane, I want to thank you. Thank you once again for the gift of your time. I want to thank you for all this imperative information that you have so graciously imparted with myself and the listening audience and the podcast subscribers. Uh, I want to impress upon the listening audience to please connect with Jane, your future self. Well, you'll be dead. But anyway. But your future self will still thank you. And your family will thank you and everybody else will thank you. Oh, yes. I love you. I love you too. But I just want to say, you know, I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Uh, Jane, you're always welcome. You have an open standing invitation to always come back because as somebody who's fiercely committed to their own personal growth, personal development, and is always trying to find ways to creatively and strategically pay it forward and to be of service to the collective, no doubt there's going to be other content and other things you wish to share with the listening audience. So please know you're always welcome to come back. And to the listening audience, once again, I want to thank you for taking time out of your hectic schedules for tuning into myself and Jane today. Uh, Look forward to joining you back here again next Friday with yet another phenomenal guest so i wish you all my best for a lovely safe holiday or not holiday weekend i'm always on holiday but not really (laughs) so wishing everybody a fantastic weekend and again we'll be back here on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald next friday jane all my love and gratitude we'll talk soon do breakfast again soon take care everybody all my best bye-bye Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. 
Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.